0: Welcome to Prim and Prosper. I'm Elizabeth Hathaway. And I'm Maranella Mazzucato. Uh, Marinella, last week we did our New Year's Resolutions episode and at the end I asked you what you were doing for New Year's and you said you were going to go watch the sunset the last day of 2021. How did that go?
1: Um, Not too great. It was a pretty overcast day so I stared at a very cloudy horizon. I saw just a maybe a pinch of blue, but it was still pretty peaceful to be at the beach, so I enjoyed that part of it. How about your sunrise?
0: You sent a photo, and even though it was overcast, it still seemed nice to be outdoors and at the beach. Uh, my sunrise, sadly, did not happen either. I woke up to head to the lake, and we were forecasted to have a snowstorm that day. We were supposed to get closer to nine inches. We only ended up getting about three inches, but... In the morning, it was windy as fuck and uh, cold. You couldn't see anything because it was so overcast. So on my route or on my way to the uh, lake, I ended up turning around.
1: uh, It just wasn't really tolerable conditions, sadly. just wasn't meant to be for either of us on that day, but that's okay.
0: No, but you did see the first sunset of 2022 cuz you went to a different park, right? Yes,
1: yeah, so the next day I went to um the Skyway Fishing Pier State Park with my camera and saw the sunset there, which checked off um two of my New Year's resolution items was to visit more state parks and to practice more photography. So I was pretty happy to be able to do that and it was super clear. So That was meant to be. Yeah, and
0: you sent like a beautiful time lapse video you took of it, which was really sweet of you. Thank you. That was special for you. No one else saw that. Oh, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hopping into today's topic, uh, Dry January. And this kind of came about because you and I were talking after last week's episode about what we want to talk about this week. And we both realized we were looking to do kind of a sober month and thought it would be a good topic to cover. So for anyone listening who's not familiar with dry January, it's essentially you don't drink alcohol for the month of January. And some people include other substances as well. So like cannabis, marijuana, or any other substances you may use. Uh, Is that
1: how you would define dry January? Anything that I'm missing you want to add? Yeah, that's pretty much how I would describe it as a a reset button for the year to kind of start pure. Yeah, and that's actually a good
0: point because I think a lot of us, you know, indulge more during the holidays, right? There's more parties and get-togethers, and usually those get-togethers and parties include alcohol, so I think we're probably kind of ending the year on a more drinky note, so it's like a reset to kind of undo a little bit of what we had done in November and December
1: yeah I know I personally went pretty hard uh in November and December with drinking so it felt especially necessary for me to have a dry January at the very least I kind of thought oh I'm going to do this for a whole year but you know i trying to be a little bit more realistic let me try the month
0: yeah, start out small, see how you feel. So have you
1: done a dry January before? Not um, trying to. There's like periods in my life where I just happened to not be drinking for several months and then realize like, oh, I really haven't had a drink in like three months or something, but like not actively trying not to. Yeah, I've not
0: actively done a dry January, although I've also gone periods of time with not consuming what motivated you this year what's your reasoning
1: i think this year i i mean i spent all of 2021 um in therapy trying to figure out you know my emotions um how to express myself and i realized that the alcohol kind of brings me back to an unhealthy way to deal with that kind of stuff it became more of a coping thing and it would be different maybe if I coped by drinking and then felt like happier or something at the end but it typically made me far more depressed than I needed to be so it just seemed like the thing to do. Mm,
0: There's definitely research that backs up what you're talking about. Not a doctor but again I work in the field of mental health and substance abuse and you know when you are consuming alcohol and this may be true for other substances as well but i only know about alcohol in this regard your uh brain produces more serotonin and dopamine in the moment so that's why most of the time people feel better when they're drinking or you know feel happier uh not always the case but typically people feel happier and then the next day is when you notice more of a kind of like depressed mood, but I I don't want people to think necessarily depression. It can just be like a lower mood than your normal baseline. And I definitely notice that the next, usually 24 hours, sometimes 48 hours, I just feel a little blah. And with that comes me feeling unproductive. And, you know, I just want to sit on the couch and binge watch a show. And that's, you know, not hung over. That's a small amount of consumption for me. I just, yeah, I always notice that post-drinking dip, if you will. And if I drink, you know, once a week or twice a week, then I'm spending anywhere from, you know, one to four days in that dip feeling. And I'm just, I'm kind of getting over that.
1: Yeah, the next day if I've been drinking, I'm... out of commission I mean granted when I do choose to drink I normally have more than one more than two probably more than three and that might be part of the problem of you know if I'm using it to fix my emotions and I'm in a bad spot then there's really not going to be enough alcohol to fix that but I'll try Um, right so yeah it just derails me from doing anything for the rest of the day even if I had planned this amazing day, it's just out the door. Hmm. I notice as well and really noticed it a lot
0: last winter that I use alcohol and really cannabis, which I'll get into here more in a moment. But I use those substances to fill boredom. So last winter, there was about a two-week period in Chicago where you know, the vaccines hadn't rolled out here and uh, most things were shut down. So there was not a lot of social activities. It was negatives for about two weeks in February. So I, outside of going to the grocery store, was basically home 24-7 and I wasn't motivated to take a walk outdoors because it's like negative, you know, 10 degrees and we had had a big snowfall before. So all of the snow that wasn't shoveled was iced over so between it being negative and the sidewalks being icy i did not want to go outdoors and i just you know after i get done with work i didn't have anything to fill my time so i was like well time to you know smoke some pod and put on a funny movie or put on some youtube videos and i would do that every single night for two weeks I felt crappy most of those days because that's all I was doing. I wasn't moving my body. I wasn't engaging my mind in anything. I was just completely escapism, just trying to avoid boredom. And I don't I don't want just because I'm bored, I don't want to turn to alcohol or cannabis. Like I wanna find better uses of those times, something that makes me more fulfilled or I don't know just something, you know, that I I don't know, brings me actual happiness and doesn't make me feel crappy the next day. So that's one of my goals since winter is starting to hit now in Chicago is I don't want to use and f- yeah, I want to find better uses for my time essentially.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine having sat through that like kind of weather because as a Floridian, we get like, you know, a rainy day or two and it's like it's enough to put me in a mood. So I feel ya. Um, And you said by two weeks or something, you'd been using cannabis. Like, were you smoking? Because I often don't think about as much of like the physical side effects of that. But I remember when I used to smoke a lot of cannabis, it would just really affect like my throat. It was really harsh. And that kind of stuff also factors into things, I guess, if that changes how you feel. I did a
0: combination of edibles and I did smoke some, and you're right, I had an irritated throat. Well, it's weird, right? If you were somebody who smokes regularly, I think that throat irritation goes away, which is what happened to me after, I don't know, three or four days of every night smoking. I didn't notice the irritation as much, but then when I stopped, for a period of time again, I was all, you know, coffee and phlegm, and I, I could see that my body was recovering from having smoke for two weeks straight, which also was not a particularly great feeling. I still, well, not for January, but I still consume cannabis and that's really more my substance of choice it's legal in chicago recreational i actually don't keep alcohol at my house the only time i drink alcohol is when i'm socializing with friends so going to like a bar we usually do either softball or trivia once a week depending what season it is and then you know we might get together one other time a week to just hang out and that's the only that's the only time i'll consume alcohol but at home I will consume cannabis and I do try to have it in edible form now because of the fact that just smoking is it's even if it's not necessarily linked to cancer in the same way tobacco is it's still your body doesn't really like it or at least mine certainly doesn't.
1: Right. And I I will say that at least cannabis has been even though you know dry January side that it's been made in forms where it's not is harmful physically on your body whereas when I think about alcohol it's just you know we're really just drinking something that is not good for us no matter what you try to spin it as that that book that I was telling you about was called um quit like a woman the radical choice to not drink in a culture obsessed with alcohol and she kind of her name's Holly Whitaker And she kind of goes into how like it's so culturally acceptable, but people don't really realize that this alcohol is not doing your body very many favors. And I think we forget about that a lot too.
0: Yeah, there's no nutritional value in alcohol, right? And don't get me wrong. There's pretty much no nutritional value in a cupcake either. And I'm not quitting cupcakes in January. Uh, But we need to be realistic about these things that there isn't a nutritional value. And also I know sometimes people cite those studies of a glass of wine a day helps prevent heart attacks. And I believe a lot of those studies they didn't have an abstinent group. So they were just comparing groups of drinkers and they found that one glass can lead to you know, better outcomes for your heart. But I, my understanding is a lot of those studies weren't tested against a non-drinking group. So it's, you know, I think you have to be careful with the sources on some of those studies. And and so often I just hear that quoted, like a glass of wine a day helps prevent a heart attack. And I'm like, I, I don't know that that's the full picture. Talk to your doctor, <laughs> you know, more about that. Uh, but you mentioning alcohol being normalized also makes me think of the fact that if you tell somebody you're abstaining from alcohol, their response is typically, oh, I didn't realize, do you have a problem with alcohol? It's so normalized that people assume if you're not drinking, it's because you have a dependency issue. Whereas if like, if you were to replace alcohol with heroin and someone offered you heroin and you're like, no, thank you. They'd be like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Like understand you don't want to dabble in heroin but for alcohol people people just assume why would you ever turn it down
1: why would you just have a glass yeah i mean so many of the you know alcohol companies have really sold this as like the thing to do so it's too challenging to think of somebody choosing to not want to um and we're lucky like you know if i can choose to say i'm going to have a dry January and not really struggle with it you know it's kind of a blessing to be able to choose not to drink you know there are people who can't very easily make that decision without like a tremendous amount of support from a group or something like that so that's a whole another story um as far as people asking if you have a problem you know because you're not going to have a drink that day you know or even just a dry January mm-hmm
0: the whole uh alcohol industry you mentioned kind of making alcohol look cool it's so true so i live about two blocks away from a liquor store and right on the side the only advertisement they have is a picture of george clooney's face and it has his tequila brand that i don't even know what it is called and i just Distinctly remember always seeing George Clooney's face whenever I walk by it. And like, of course, George Clooney is cool. Who would not want to hang out with George Clooney? Or Ryan Reynolds with his aviation gin. And his marketing for that is his it's it's hysterical. Like I still like to watch the commercials, even if I'm not gonna consume his gin. Because he is on point. It's really funny. He's super
1: clever. Uh he just makes drinking look cool. He makes everything look cool, doesn't, doesn't he? He? <laughs> he? Just even in that that Just Friends movie, it was just I don't know off topic, but yeah, um, there's just so much influence that goes around uh, drinking and socializing with drinks, and that's probably one of the things that people you know do most when they socialize is they might go out for cocktails or something like that. So, what do you feel like a dry January might bring like some challenges to your life like how would or how would you feel they'd bring some challenges to your life
0: i do anticipate some struggles mainly around what you hinted at socializing because i do that's typically what i use is when i'm out socializing i've got a hangout this saturday with my friends that's specifically at a brewery and this brewery doesn't serve food so i'm racking my brain i want to support them right the business they're a local brewery here in Chicago and I want to I don't want to just go in there and not support them in some way and that's tough right it's uh I'm going to look to see you gave me this idea I'm going to look to see if they have any non-alcoholic beers so then I can still kind of keep with my dry January but support the business Uh, But then even if we weren't going to, you know, even if we were going to a place that served food, so I felt like I had a way to support the business and still participate, there is the social aspect, right? Like if all your friends are drinking, even if they're not getting hammered, there still comes a point where you realize if you're not the one drinking that you're sober and not everyone else is, and it just becomes a little bit less fun. I already am kind of the lightweight of my friend group and I typically am the one that either doesn't drink because I don't always drink when we go out or I nurse like a beer or a drink for the whole night uh, because I I do notice those impacts to alcohol on myself and I just I don't like feeling that way Uh, and in the past there have definitely been nights where I've gone home because it's just, you know, not as fun anymore at a certain point. And I miss out on all of these like really fun memories that they make. And that's tough for me, that, that I'm not part of the stories, you know, that I missed them when I went home. And it's this crazy tale and an inside joke was born from it. And I'm just not part of that. Uh, so that is definitely going to be the hard part for me i will give credit to my friends though they are not friends who pressure me they're totally okay with me not drinking if i end up you know bouncing early they never give me flack for that it's more just internally i kind of feel left out of those moments uh so how about you though what are some challenges you foresee in this month
1: pretty similar to yours as far as like the social aspect going uh aspect goes Um, most of my workplace friends, if we get together, they want to go and have drinks. Um, unlike yours, I will be kind of hazed a bit if I didn't have a drink. So I'll have to probably get used to just like some light teasing about it. It's just something I'll have to deal with. And and maybe, you know, I'm wrong and they're going to be totally respectful, but we'll see. And another um, thing that I think will be a challenge is that a lot of my family time is revolved around, like having a glass of wine with dinner, or, you know, um, my father tends to buy bottles of wine that he likes and share them with me, which, you know, is sweet a sweet gesture, so I'll have to figure out how to handle that, or do I take the bottle of wine, do I tell dad, you know, I'm not really drinking this month, um, but we'll see, yeah, it's all something that we'll have to test out. Definitely. The
0: other piece that I'm starting to think about now is my natural inclination is to feel boredom because right, I know that this winter, especially with the Omicron variant going around, I probably won't be socializing as much as I typically would in a pre-COVID winter. So I'm gonna have some boredom on my hands and how do I fill that time? My plan right now is I've got this reading goal and, you know, I was reading the other night. I still got that escapism feeling, right? Like that, that weed provides me really, that I, you know, was lost in the the story that I was reading. I'm totally okay with reading fiction books. I'm not someone that feels like I have to read nonfiction or, you know, self-help or self-improvement book. Like I'm totally okay reading some B level fantasy or mystery thriller novel, and just getting lost in the world, it's yeah, it still provides me that escapism. But I go to bed on time, I wake up feeling healthy and <laughs> happy. Uh, so that's one thing that I'm going to try to fill my time with. And the other thing is going to be cooking. I'd like to get more experimental in the kitchen and have fun with that. So that that is the challenge making sure that in those moments of boredom i find and have like enough activities or things that i enjoy that i can choose from to not
1: just defer to weed i mean boredom is tough especially like when it's cold outside and you're trying to figure out like what to do indoors but i've found that the you know, just in this week or so that I've been not tr- trying not to drink, I've found that I've like appreciated little things that I can do around the house more. Like just even hanging out with my dog Marley, like just giving her the extra attention. It's kind of nice, you know, just to direct it somewhere else like that or. Um, getting into more documentaries that I've been meaning to watch. I mean, those are typically not the type of shows I would watch when I'm drinking. So, um, you know, I wouldn't really want to be too present with that if I was drinking. And uh, more podcasts that I've been listening to and working on our podcast, all that seems to be like in the right direction of keeping myself occupied. Interesting. You mentioned hanging out
0: with Marley, your dog, and the things that that you've been playing more with Marley. I hadn't thought about it, but almost every evening, at some point, probably only a couple of minutes, depending on my cat Walter's mood, I've been getting out his little, it's like a fish on a string that he loves to chase. Uh, But, you know, sometimes he's not in the mood for it. Historically, though, I would only do that once or twice a week, and I've been doing it almost every night, like I said, for a couple of minutes. So I didn't, I don't think I'd connected those dots until you mentioned Marley that, yeah, I'm spending more time with Walter. And that's actually been really great.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I can only think about how many times I've probably been, like, drunk in the apartment and Marley was probably like, man, I wonder when she's going to do something with me or, like, take me out for a walk or something. But, I mean, I'm kind of embarrassed to admit it, but sometimes I was just, like, too trashed and I just didn't really pay as much attention. So, you know, now that I have that awareness, it's, like... I, I like to be able to do the right thing for my dog. <laughs> yeah. Well, so usually I have this
0: rule that whenever I <laughs> would consume cannabis, I would give Walter some of his catnip toy because Walter loves catnip. And I, only, I figured it was fair, right? If I'm going to consume, you can consume. Uh, so part of me thinks he is probably upset that I'm doing dry January because <laughs> he's like... Bitch, where's my catnip toy? Uh, Which just reminds me, I should probably give him his catnip toy like once a week or something so he can... He doesn't need to do a dry January. (laughs) I need to. Yeah. I think he's perfectly fine playing with his catnip toy
1: and waking... Cats sleep 20 hours a day anyways. He's fine. (laughs) Yeah, that's a choice he needs to make when he's ready. Like, if he's ready to give it up, then that's up to him, man. Just... Absolutely. Maybe make it available, but don't bring his attention to it, you know? Like, it's here if you want it. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So what motivated you? I know you said you've not done a dry January before, but what were, I guess not even what motivated you, but maybe what are some of the benefits
1: that you were hoping to see at the end of this month? Most of the benefits that I see for myself this month are like... With my emotions and my relationships and, you know, having conversations with people instead of, you know, drinking and kind of like holding it all back. And that's probably the biggest thing that I need. I need to be able to do that in order to feel happy. And it took me a while to realize it. Um, And then in addition, I've like kind of had this goal of, you know, getting more fit and just feeling physically better. So... I can't really say that drinking is going to be getting me towards that direction. Right. One of, so I've mentioned before, I think
0: on this podcast that I started therapy back up again. And one of the things my therapist wants me to do is, To identify the different emotions I feel when I feel them, the intensity level, and start kind of getting a rating system that her and I can work off of. So when she asked me how my week was, I can say it was a three week, it was a four week, you know. And I realized in talking with her, I'm not very in tune with my emotions. And I don't know if I've necessarily been using cannabis to you know when i'm as a coping me- mechanism or if it's just because i have you know 1 to 4 days a week where i don't feel great i'm obviously not giving my emotional state any significant energy or thought so yeah so it's it's something i realize i need to to sit with myself and sit with my emotions be able to identify them name them and that I think is going to require me being sober because I know if I'm under the influence of anything, I am not going to want to do that task. That feels too chore-like to do when you are on weed or if you're on if you're high or if you're drunk. So I'm definitely hoping that that is a benefit that I see out this month is, is getting better at naming my emotions. I also am hoping that I can continue with my you know fitness goals one of mine from last week's episode was doing 200 sessions of yoga and i like to do yoga first thing when i wake up but if i'm not feeling great because i stayed up late having a couple of glasses of you know beer or wine or smoke some pot i am i'm definitely not doing yoga in the morning i'm going to sleep in another 20 minutes or i'm going to scroll on my phone and I don't know. I sit there and scroll Reddit, you know, and I don't I don't need to scroll Reddit. I need to get up and do my yoga. That makes me actually feel better.
1: Yeah, I uh, would not make it to one of my 5 a.m. Orange Theory Fitness classes if I had a drink before bed at all. Like it just actually I late canceled a lot of classes when I was going through a tougher time last year. Um, because I was drinking more and I just would wake up at like the four o'clock alarm and I'd be like I cannot run at full capacity when I'm still drunk it just can't happen no I don't doubt that people have done that but I know I'm not one that could (laughs)
0: absolutely not and then you're not going to do it later in the day either right or at least I'm not once I start off which is why doing a 10-minute session of yoga in the morning is so important for me because it just sets – You know, people have that mantra of like get out of bed on the right foot. It's not really <laughs> what helps me, but I guess the whole concept is like if I do yoga every morning, that is me starting my day on the right foot. And if I start my day feeling, yeah, hung- not even necessarily hungover, just that dip that I mentioned, then mm-hmm. I am not going to be – productive at any point in the day so that's another benefit i'm hoping to see is just increased productivity you know if i if i'm not having those days that are zero days that i don't do anything then hopefully that means i just get a lot more done in january and i don't necessarily know what that will be right now but maybe at the end of the month we can do a recap and reflect on it i'm hoping that i find something to be productive with
1: Not to interrupt, but I hear some clanging, so is everything okay over there?
0: Yeah, it's my radiator. (laughs) I have had them, yeah, and I try to edit it out of the podcast. It's probably good we draw attention to it. I try to edit it out of the podcast when you're talking, but when I'm talking, it's hard because I'm like speaking and it's clanking and both are picking up on my audio. I need to try to get some sort of... uh, soundproofing to put around me because I've had I've had people
1: out to look at the radiator and it just clanks. I thought you had Walter playing with some pot lids just like clanging them together. That's (laughs) basically what I pictured. He was just like playing on the floor like a baby just smashing them together. (laughs) I mean (laughs) when I first moved in here
0: I noticed it and it annoyed me so much and then you just kind of block out the noise after a while similar to the ambulance that drives by you know as as i've mentioned i live on a busy street in chicago and obviously ambulances fire trucks drive by once in a while and i kind of have learned to block the siren noises out uh i don't think i could ever i don't live next to the train in chicago and i don't know if i could ever get used to that but mm, Maybe I can. I got used to this radiator and the siren, so maybe the train wouldn't bother me. Who
1: knows? I don't know. I'm sorry to, to throw us off topic though. So um Derailed you were us. saying, Yeah, you were saying that doing yoga in the morning starts you off on the right foot. Uh working yeah. out for me starts me off on the right foot as well. So, you know, um obviously the physical benefits are a big one for both of us. hmm
0: And I'm also hoping, you know, one of my other resolutions was to connect more with friends and family. And I'm not going to call my dad or call a friend if I'm high or drunk in the evening. Just that's not going to happen. So again, I think when I'm looking for things to fill that boredom time, I'm hoping it's filling it with these, you know, these New Year's resolutions I have, you know, to connect more. And not just with YouTube.
1: Well, unlike you, I will call and contact people when I'm high and drunk, <laughs> and uh, it usually doesn't go too well. It's not like it's not it's not devastating, but it's not my best self coming forward. And you know, I've received calls too from people who are just trashed, and you know, it just and and when you're stone sober, it's kind of like it feels n- more of a chore to talk to that person because they're so on another level. So, you know, just communication's just not as good when you're under the influence of anything. Not as
0: good. And my sleep is not as good. And it does not take much to disrupt my sleep anymore. I remember in college, I could binge drink at parties. And wake up and go to a 5 or a 5 a.m., an 8 a.m. Friday class. I mean, it was, it's crazy to me to look back now because if I have just a drink, just one, like a glass of wine, a beer, I still typically wake up at, uh, you know, 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning, I kind of this anxious feeling. Uh, I can sometimes feel a little more of like my heartbeat or even if it's not racing, I can just like feel my heart palpitating and I'm wide awake because it's that moment where my body has finished burning off alcohol and it's, yeah, it's shot me awake. It's really hard for me to fall back asleep. And then I, regardless of when I go to bed, my body still wakes up at 6 a.m. So if I wake up at 3 a.m., can't fall back asleep till four a.m. Then wake up at six a.m. I've had horrible sleep, and I just feel like again that contributes to me feeling like crap the next day. Even if it's not a quote unquote hangover in the traditional sense, it's definitely not
1: my best self. You know what's better about college drinking is, on top of being able to handle that amount of drinking and going to sleep, what? is that you you usually, as a college student, would finish off your drinking night with a disgusting meal. And you would still sleep just fine it was just like it's a miracle really
0: oh my um, god! because
1: because a bad meal would also keep me up all night now so i can't imagine like that entire combination
0: no i'd have to take tums now so many <laughs> so many tums. do you remember or did you ever go to uh usf the dining hall that was open till 2 a.m and they would serve after midnight they would serve the I mean they knew their they knew their audience. They knew who was coming in after midnight. They would serve the greasiest food. It was like pizza, french fries and breakfast items like bacon, sausage, pancakes, slabs of butter on everything.
1: I mean, they knew. They knew us. Oh yeah. Yeah, I definitely went there once I gradu or not graduated but left the dorm life. You know, McDonald's denny's breakfast with like 13 other drunk people i'm i i'm sorry to whoever that server was every time like my apologies you probably had a nightmare of a night every saturday right waffle house oh my gosh i what were they
0: triple scattered smothered covered hash browns yeah all that yeah that was
1: my jam (laughs) that was my jam (laughs) That sounds kind of good, actually, but in the morning after I've had a lot of water.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could probably go for one of those regardless if I've had alcohol, (laughs) but I'd like to hydrate with water when I consume them. Uh, Maybe that's another, I wasn't necessarily counting on this benefit, but perhaps it will help me. I'm not weighing myself right now because I kind of, I don't think that's like a healthy thing for me to do mentally, but... I wonder if I will see some, you know, like feel looser in my clothes, let's say, because I'll, A, alcohol has calories, so I'll be not consuming those. B, I will not be doing any, either the late night or the next day, greasy, heavy food. I'm more apt to just eat what I've meal prepped, which is usually a little bit healthier than, you know, when I order takeout a day after drinking
1: yeah yeah and and like your your gut will probably feel better i know for me like my digestion um with drinking is just it's terrible like i can't handle pretty much anything on my stomach that involves drinking it's just not good
0: welcome to your 30s Um, It's, it's just great no and then maybe there'll be some financial benefits as well right i mean the money i save on not drinking but also again if i'm thinking about it i'm more apt to order delivery and takeout on nights that i consume or the next day than i am if i haven't so i bet you know if i look at my if i look at my budget at the end of the month my checking account I bet. Uh, I bet there's some financial gains too. Kind of looking forward yeah. to that part of it.
1: Yeah, especially drinking out. Like you can. I mean, a couple beers can get you up to like twenty dollars at a time, and you're just like, and it's gone. It's just gone so fast. But I was thinking also along the lines of like, as far as dry January goes, and you're leaving if you're exiting the dry january and going into february like how do you see yourself going into february do you see yourself continuing to drink do you feel like you'll know, change the way you think about drinking
0: yeah i so hmm good question i have a better understanding of that for sure at the end of the month i'm trying not to think too far into the future because oftentimes when i think about making changes that i want to so i'm going to use the example of when i turned and went um, vegan the thought of doing it the rest of my life seemed like overwhelming and a huge commitment and so for me it was like just this meal i'm going to choose you know not to consume animal products And I would kind of have that meal-by-meal conversation with myself. And even to this day, and it's been four-plus years, I think, that I've been vegan, I still don't necessarily think of myself as always wanting to do it. Like I still have this idea in my head that if I go back to New England to visit, I could have a lobster roll. I've been back to New England and I have not had a lobster roll, but just the like the mental out of allowing myself makes it not feel oppressive. That it feels like it is a choice, you know, and, and I don't have to do something the rest of my life or I don't have to do something into February or. So I th- I think I just know that I succeed with taking things more a day at a time. So I haven't thought too much about february but if i'm being honest i hope what comes of this is a better understanding of my relationship with alcohol and especially with cannabis and then once i have that better understanding maybe that is cutting back more maybe that is saying you know i'm just going to cut alcohol out completely and for cannabis I'm only going to use in social situations because I still enjoy that and it brings me value. And if I have it in limited capacity, it doesn't impact me that much. Uh, and maybe that's not the outcome, but I could see that kind of being the outcome as some sort of happy medium. But yeah, I haven't, I haven't thought too much about February, but how about you? Like, do you anticipate some sort of like whiplash when February hits or
1: I Don't anticipate that and I am such a person that's like I want to go for the long haul and everything like I want to know that I'm gonna do this like for as long as possible but um you know life happens so it's pretty hard to say that you're going to do something forever or for an extended period of time really um so I think for me when you know February comes around I like to be like more mindful of my drinking like I'd like to like be able to enjoy a drink with a friend and appreciate the drink itself, you know, um, know my limit on having just the one. Um, and that would be big for me because honestly, most of my drinking is done in isolation. It's not typically a big social thing. So when it is, it's it's actually fun. Um, I just tend to not really appreciate what I'm actually drinking. So if I could like, enjoy the flavor of a drink. Um, That would be probably what I would be looking forward to as far as drinking goes. Mm -hmm.
0: It makes me think whenever, I don't know if you've ever done this, but going to a fancy cocktail bar where they make like a really nice old fashioned, or they have some specialty cocktails they make that are, you know, a 15 step process that you watch the bartender put together and it's got some fancy garnishes on it. And, it smells amazing, it looks amazing, like all of your senses are engaged, and you, at least when I do those type of places, you know, I sit there and savor the drink, right, because it's an experience, the whole thing, watching the bartender, you know, the whole environment is all an experience, and you are really mindful and in the moment, and it's very rare that I have a second drink. If I do, it's typically because we're gonna be there a long enough amount of time that I actually have the ability to enjoy a second drink and enjoy that whole experience and be mindful throughout it. So you bring up a good point. Like when I go to a lot of social situations, like trivia, I'm gonna bring up as my example here. You know, I get a generic beer, whatever it might be, and it I it might even be a good beer, really. I just it's kind of the third thing on the list I'm paying attention to. It's like number 1 is trivia, number 2 is my friends and socializing, and the drink itself is just there. It's not a yeah, it's not necessarily a focal point of the experience.
1: Yeah, like you could you could leave it behind. Yeah.
0: Right, right. So that is I you know, maybe that is an outcome of this month as I realize It's great to consume when it can be part of the experience and enhance it. But if it's just kind of there,
1: then why am
0: I doing it? I don't know. We'll have to see. But it is, you've got me thinking on that mindfulness piece.
1: Yeah. And I really have like kind of always turned my nose up at those kind of like cocktail places. And I've been in the industry, the hospitality industry for 15 years in places where they make cocktails like that and I've sold them and I've always I guess just thought it was like get to the point already so I can have this drink you know what I mean but I don't want to think of alcohol as like you know something that I need to just numb out so that for me would be I think something I would be interested in trying going to a place where they take 20 minutes to make my drink
0: For sure. And I will say I'm probably slightly spoiled in Chicago by this because when I lived in Tampa, the places that took a while were still people, I don't know, there was still an environment of like, I just want to get drinking. Like, it's great that you're making a fancy cocktail, but I just, I want the drink now. In Chicago, because Prohibition was such a, you know, big thing in the 20s and Al Capone, like I lived I live right down the street from the Green Mill, which is a bar that Al Capone used to frequent, or not a not even a bar, a jazz club that Al Capone used to frequent that supposedly still has tunnels that like lead away from the building that he could sneak out of if the police ever showed up. And it's like a re- it's a really cool joint. But my point is, I guess Chicago has a ton of non-hoity-toity cool cocktail bars so it's like they're almost a cross between um like an undergroundy you know prohibition error joint with fancy cocktails so it I don't know there I've never really experienced places like that let's say in Tampa and maybe Tampa's changed a lot and has has bars like that but I'm just thinking of The cocktail bars I went to Tampa was still very much like, get me that drink ASAP.
1: Yeah, not a whole lot of history here in Tampa outside of cigar rolling, um, which maybe Ybor City has something like that to offer. That would probably be cool to have a cocktail at a place like that. But I have a feeling that it's mostly shots being poured there. Just a hunch. So we'll see. There's places popping up. I think people are thinking more differently now, maybe appreciating that experience more. So maybe there's more to be seen if I just check it out. Hmm. Yeah. Go,
0: go search around. Well, in February, go search around, see if you can find a cool place and report back on that. And any final
1: thoughts before we close out today? um i i don't think so i think i'm just gonna keep drinking my water um load up on kombucha and you know probably not think too much about drinking because it's been pretty pretty solid so far that i haven't really craved it
0: good i'm gonna go have an herbal tea because it's you know 10 degrees here wind chill negative one
1: And I think I'm going to go curl up with that herbal tea and a book on the couch. Okay. Well, I'm sweating currently, so you do that. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good week, and uh, we'll catch you next week.
0: See you next time.